watch it fast and furious. All right, let's do it. God, I'm fired up. Look at that energy. Uh, <laughs> Although I am not going to lie, I really, really enjoyed watching the Super Bowl last night. That was a great game. That was but pretty I'm cool. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, that was, that was a long game. That was, you know, that was, that was, that was really, an investment. It, it was kind of boring for a while, but then like the last quarter, it, it got a little bit more, I don't know, competitive. And then, of course, the overtime. So, yeah. It, uh, and that halftime show, I think <laughs> anybody my age was, was say, yeah, really I, pumped about that. I have no idea who those people were, but <laughs> you seem to enjoy it. So I didn't even know half of those people were still like singing yeah um i there i recognized a couple of names but that was about it usher, I mean, usher. usher. yeah and when ludicrous um came onto the stage i don't even know who i is. do know those words word for word and i think i kind of blew your mind for a minute busting uh, out my rap uh, skills alicia keys I, I know that name my boo yeah, so. Oh, these are all songs from my mixer days. In fact, one of my friends, Jess, um, posted on Facebook last night that I happened to see, and it said, if you grew up listening to Usher in your childhood, you should probably stretch before watching the halftime show. <laughs> touche, my friend, touche. I saw some kind of meme today was like the halftime show we really wanted. It was Weird Al Yankovic. <gasps> Oh, I didn't see. I saw it for Step Brothers, <laughs> but I would also like a Weird Al. That would be. Awesome. Ooh, that could be a good conversation. Who yet that has not performed at the Super Bowl halftime show? Would you like to see? And somebody else suggested like let's let's do some of these uh, great artists from our childhood that are still alive, like Paul McCartney, for example. Paul played. Ball did, what? Paul played. Oh, he did. Yeah, a couple the years Super ago. Bowl? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Pretty sure. Now Paul, I'm going to have to Google. Paul McCartney, uh, Bob Dylan, uh, people like that, you know. Stuck inside a mobile with a Memphis blues again. That's okay. my best Bob Dylan. Uh, all right, let's move on. I'm holding out so, for the Spice Girls. Uh, just okay. going to throw that out there. Yeah, yeah, I know you want the Spice Girls. But that's not gonna <laughs> so let's, let's recap. In this episode, episode number five, if you are listening, we're going to talk about our weekend shindigs. We had some shindigs this yes, weekend. we did. And You've got a mural that you're working on right now. I started so a mural cool. today, so I'll tell you all a little bit more about yeah. that. And The Rambler. Uh, people have asked about uh, Ethel, The Rambler, which you named it Ethel. I did. And that's our uh, 1959 Rambler that we travel around in during warmer weather. We kind of put it, you know, in the barn for winter, but... Uh, we have a barn? Well, I mean, in the garage. <laughs> Just kidding. In the garage. <laughs> it's like, I would like a barn. Yeah. Okay, well, anyway, that's what we're getting into for this episode. So thank you for tuning in. And as always, you can send us your questions on our website, ourtechnicolorlife.com. Uh, follow the podcast links, and there's a form where you can send us a question. All right. So let's talk about what first the raclette, the the raclette yes. dinner that we had. We had uh, friends over. We did the raclette. For those of you that don't know what a raclette is, explain. Well, we had the privilege of experiencing our very first raclette on our honeymoon. Yes, we did. So my brother lives in Zurich, and he hosted us. Well, we went to a couple of places, but one of our stops on our honeymoon was to go visit my brother who lives in Zurich, and he which picked... is in Switzerland. Oh. There you go. International podcast. Uh, And he picked us up at the train station and was so sweet. And he had organized like a little dinner party at his apartment with his friends. Mm -hmm. And it is a traditional Swiss and maybe German kind of dinner. 
because you want to you want to do it in the winter times because it's meats and cheese and potatoes and veggies. It's kind of a heavier meal, but it's meant to be a conversation dinner. And it's great because you all sit around the table and you've got like this tabletop grill and it's got it's two layers. So on the top part of the grill is where you it's put a surface area. Yeah, you put all kinds of meats and veggies like peppers tomatoes onions what else mm-hmm. sometimes squash. we throw squash on there mm-hmm. and then the meats are like um prosciutto i mean yeah primarily but i mean you could use about anything you could use ham or pepperoni or we use uh, prosciutto mm-hmm. and salami yes generally and then on the bottom layer you have these little what would you even call them? Little like trays these little trays on a handle and you put raclette cheese on it which my brother Real trooper. He brings us home some authentic Swiss raclette cheese every year for Christmas. So we have this really yummy cheese that melts so well. And the idea is you have a side of potatoes, and that's kind of your base, and you put all of the veggies and the meats on top of the grill. And on the bottom layer, you put your raclette cheese in the little tray, and you let that melt, and you're having conversation, and you're also supposed to have lots of Prosecco, which Mm -hmm. we had lots of that when we were over for our honeymoon. And once everything things kind of cooking around on the top you put your meats and veggies on your base of potatoes and then the final layer is that yummy melty cheese that's been bubbling in that tray and the potatoes are boiled it's just boiled you know little fingerling potatoes that you boil and it's so good and the cheese the raclette cheese is it's a mild cheese but Mm -hmm. it does it does have a a a little bit of uh i don't know kind of swiss maybe flavor to it which would make sense, but uh, it, it's got a good melting point, so that's why you use raclette cheese. But we do throw other cheeses in there as well, just because we. We like got a little crazy. We threw some yeah. pepper jack. We threw some cheddar. I'm sure yeah. the Swiss and the Swiss, <laughs> the Swiss are like, don't do that. These I'm Americans. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they would appreciate it. But Browning upon our mixture of cheeses. We Americanized it. We so. did, and it's so much fun because how often do you sit around a dinner table really anymore? And it's just it's a great conversation piece. So you get the prosecco going and we had our good friends over and it's just a fun kind of like getting out the fondue pot you know you are cooking your stuff and you're hanging around the table together and everybody's pitching in and putting stuff on the grill i think the one thing we learned when we traveled abroad is the fact that european countries they you know dinner time is more of a social thing for them so they they like the raclette because it does take a little bit of time to you know to get everything mm-hmm. cooking and while things are on the grill you're you're talking and conversing so it's a it's a social thing basically for them um so which you know that's americans we're just always in a hurry uh we we don't sit down to eat hardly anymore at the dinner table but in europe they they really do want to keep that uh social aspect of dinner there so they a lot of their meals are like that and i've been reading a lot about these french two-hour lunch breaks mm-hmm. i would like to make that a thing because it's true in america it's go 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 time is money if you're not doing something 24 7 you're not successful or whatever that that kind of mentality and i remember when we were over there in switzerland and uh my brother was like you know in the office you are looked oddly at if you do sit at your desk and eat your lunch at your desk right yeah and i can't tell you how many times i used to sit at my desk at uh, the science center or at actors and you would have your lunch at your desk because you didn't have time 
you weren't allowed to leave your desk for that long. But he said, you know, they have like, you know, two hour lunches and you're supposed to go outside to the park and get some fresh air. He said sometimes they'll even go swimming in the lake. And that's the norm. It's like, why don't we adapt that? That's so nice. And yet we are primarily fast food restaurants in this country anymore. So So here's two more of the raclette. And I'm working my way to a two hour lunch break. (laughs) Good luck with that. Vive la France. Okay, you do it. So anyway, we had we had the raclette when we went over there with his friends, and it was just a wonderful experience. So when we got back to the States, I Googled around, and I found uh, a raclette, and I think I got it for you for your birthday mm-hmm. many a year ago. And I think somebody asked where, where you could get a raclette. You can get it on Amazon. Yeah. And they've got several to choose from, actually. Mm-hmm. And they come with everything you need. It's the two-top, like, grill, and it's got the little trays and even, like, a little cheese scraper as far mm-hmm. as we can figure out what that tool is. Yeah, that's is. what it is. That's exactly what but it is. But it's very basic principle, and uh, it's just a really fun fun way to do dinner. So we did that this weekend, and then we also did a um, – we attended a Mardi Gras party. Yes, Which is the season. Mm-hmm. So when there is a Mardi Gras party to be had we certainly would like to attend and we actually had some authentic beats <laughs> yes. and we thank our neighbors for inviting us to, uh, to that thank you yes Don. thank you don, don and, and craig don and craig our neighbors hosted this wonderful mardi gras party and being just down the street we could walk walk over there and they had all kinds of yummy cocktails was that absinthe frappe and, and if you can imagine we were the, probably the most overdressed <laughs> couple there which is so in all fairness there, surprise there right? is yeah. one outfit that i really wanted to wear while we were at mardi gras and it was just one of those the parade that i had meant for it overlapped with another parade so there was no time look at that there was no time to go change in a costume what about the french way of life there was no time to change into that particular costume so i said you know what we already had matched them together they were more or less still sitting out from the trip mm. so let's just wear those so we went as kind of I don't know, like a Marie Antoinette mm-hmm. kind of couple. Yeah. So I finally you know. got to wear it with the side we bustle. Were, we were a bit much, but, you know, that's okay. Have that's you not, all met us? I was going to say, it's kind of, kind I of think we're a bit much for everybody. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's why we're two peas in a pod. Yeah, we can be too true. much for each other. Yes, we can. <laughs> I'm sure teacup on every other day is like, who are these people? <laughs> I don't know if I should have adopted them. <laughs> yeah, poor Tika. <laughs> she is well loved. She's sitting in my lap because she just, if you heard that pin a minute ago, that was her chasing the pin off of this stool. So now I have got control of her. Oh, there she is. Say hello to She's Tika. been by herself most of the day, which is very unusual. You're usually here with her. I so know. I think she was kind of stir crazy. Yeah. So that's, that brings us to our, our other little um, plan on our agenda here i did i started a new mural today yeah and you're you're an artist and that's what some of the work that you do you're a freelance artist and you've gotten into murals over the last couple of years mm-hmm. people asking you to paint uh, nurseries uh workplaces and the what what is the project you're working on now so this one my good friends at the art alliance i have painted several murals for them over the last couple of years it actually started when um the president of the Arts Alliance, Brian, and his partner, Matt, had me come over and paint their nursery and their house for their daughter, Piper. Hello, Piper, if you're listening. And uh, they adopted her and wanted to do up the nursery, and I painted these really cute um, ballet hippos for them. <laughs> and then I just kind of kept like in it. touch, and Brian would message me about different projects with the Arts Alliance over the years, and during COVID especially, I made 
my gosh, how many videos did I make? I made all oh, kinds wow. of art tutorials, uh, drawing lessons. Are those even, on our YouTube channel? I think they're still on the Arts Alliance. Oh, okay. They're all on right. my personal Facebook, but I think they're on the Arts Alliance website. But I made, uh, I think, three videos a week for almost that whole year of the Arts Alliance, different science projects, some sing-alongs, some story times. And anyway, I've, I painted a, a really big project for them up and down their staircase in the Arts Alliance building. That was probably one of my biggest projects to date. It was a jungle-themed mural. And then I've painted uh, the Bourbon Lounge in Salem. Mm -hmm. I've done some windows, a lot of windows for some local businesses. So it's not just not just walls. If you've got window spaces, it's also a great way to advertise. Or um, I do a lot of holiday windows and stuff like that. But this particular project, he messaged me, and it is called Hope. It's a food pantry in New Albany, and they are redoing their kind of waiting room area. And there's this little section when you walk into the front desk. There's this little room off to the side that they want to make into kind of the kids' waiting room area. So if parents are coming in and getting stuff taken care of or filling out with paperwork, there's this little room to the side, and they wanted a Where the Wild Things Are mural. Okay, <laughs> that's one of your favorites. One of my all-time favorite books. I've always been drawn to Maurice Sendak's style. It's kind of my style anyway to do the color and then... I love the illustrative cross-hatching and the really fine black lines. I've always been tempted, like the piece is not finished until I do the black outline. And right. I just really love that style. And if, you, if you've seen Where the Wild Things Are, or you're familiar with any of Maurice Sendak's artwork, you know that's very much his style with all the cross-hatching and putting all those fine lines on top of the color. So very yeah. familiar with that. You're having, fun, you're having fun with that then. I love it. It, when he, I think I put it out into the cosmos a couple years ago. I said, I was doing a lot of nurseries at the time, and I said, just throwing it out there on Facebook. If anybody ever wants a Where the Wild Things Are nursery or whatever, I'm your gal. And then here we are. I started that mural today. I chalked everything out. So I've got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, essentially five walls. One of them is fairly long. And I. Got everything sketched out in chalk today, and I got, I guess, one and a half walls done. So it was about a eight-hour shift okay. of painting today. Good for so. you. I know you're excited about that. I am excited about and that's, that. Do you have some of your videos of you doing that work from previous projects on our YouTube channel? I can't remember. You know, I should put some more of this stuff on YouTube. I have a and that, great... I don't th we think we've not mentioned that. We do no. have a YouTube channel that uh, you can find a lot of videos. You can find a lot of music videos. Music videos <laughs> or, tra or travel videos oh, that's true. are on there. So the YouTube channel is Our Technicolor Life. Uh you mm -hmm. just search for that in, at YouTube, and it's a channel that you can join, and it has a myriad of, of oh different gosh. videos. How many music videos? That's another videos. topic that we could talk about. Yeah. In 2020, we're obviously, if you've not guessed, we are not ones that can sit still for too long. I don't know if that's good or bad, but we made, uh, golly, countless videos and we just kept making music videos. And we had a lot of concerts. We had a lot of the living room concerts yes. during COVID. I really enjoyed those. Well, I'd like to do some again. Well, maybe we turn yeah. a couple of these sessions into some more live concerts from the living room again. 
I, I, I was thinking that we could throw we could throw some of our like you know soundtrack uh, of our videos in oh, at times like on that. on our you know podcasts. I mean, just like somebody a did sample, mention they wanted sample. to hear a little bit of singing, so that oh, could really? be oh, okay. a little sing along portion oh. of the show. It'd be nice as you drive along in the car, you can sing along with us. Lately, I've been coming home working on piano and keyboard mm-hmm. stuff, so I've been working on a lot of music stuff. I'm kind of excited about that and that's something we've we've started to branch out i know we touched on rosie and the rockabillies a little bit over the last couple of episodes but we are expanding our repertoire a little bit more um both with tin pan alley cats and rosie and whatever where our new name is going to be uh but we've got a lot of new music mm-hmm. yeah we do and i've been working on a lot of stuff so we're Especially Tin Pan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, we're, we're really, and I, I think you mentioned this either last podcast or one before, but anyway, we uh, we kind of cover everything from the 20s through the 80s. So, And, well, I don't know. With some of the ones that we're getting ready to throw in, I think we could start saying we cover 100 years of music. Oh, that's true. I like the sound of that. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Because yeah. we're talking about even some uh, some of the newest stuff we're adding, some of my personal favorites, some Amy Winehouse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mm-hmm. mentioned that Adele, Adele. Bond song, mm-hmm. Skyfall, Skyfall. Which I love that. Worked on that one today. Give me any kind of ballad, dramatic song. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good <laughs> I would one. like to do that. That's a good one for you because it is very dramatic. It's kind of theatrical, I mean, in, in a way. So I think. Sign me up. I think that's a good one for you. And speaking of theatrical, I mean, we mentioned it last time, but you're getting ready to to open up this weekend a show and be on stage for the first time in, in Louisville time. in a long time. So you've got a stage production coming up. Well, it's it's a it's a fundraiser, so it's not a full-on production. That's why I feel like, okay, this is a good way to like just come back in. I get to be I make an appearance as little Edie and I'm gonna that? play match game. Mm. Mm, match game. <laughs> and I'm gonna sing some Queen. So who knows what we'll get into that night? We have a little, uh, I believe, a brief rehearsal on Thursday. So we'll and Friday, and it's Friday and Saturday night, right? Friday and Saturday night, seven at the Chicken Coop Theater Company. You can go to their website and get some tickets and find out more about that fundraiser. But it's, I love the '70s. So if you too love the '70s, and what's come the thea- on out. what's the theater space it's at though? So the. Fundraiser is going to be at Play Louisville at 1101 East Washington Street in downtown Louisville. And again, it's the I Love the 70s. And I've seen the set list for the evening. It's going to be quite magnificent. Mm, So if you love the 70s and or if you just want to see us play match game, (laughs) I think it is well worth your time. And of course, it is an excellent, excellent fundraiser for a very good cause Mm. and support of the Chicken Coop Theater Company. Cool. All right. All right, what do we got next? Uh, what are we going to talk about here? Let's see. Oh, the Rambler, mm-hmm. yes. The Rambler. People. So go back to the beginning of the Rambler. Yeah. We had um, a friend of mine that I went to school with, Danny Fink. Um, he was working on, I can't remember, one of our cars, right? Mm-hmm. Was I it the Jeep? Was it the, I think it was a Jeep, yes. So uh, he, he does auto work. And while we were over there getting, either dropping the Jeep off or picking it up, I can't remember which, but anyway, he had this kind of over, this building with an overhang on it. And I was being nosy. Yeah, Carrie was being nosy. <laughs> I saw some tail fins under a tarp and under I was like, tarp, yeah. I am intrigued. Those look like 50s tail fins underneath there. And he was like, oh yeah, sure. This is, this is my wife's car, but she never drives it. And he threw the tarp off and it was a rambler a yellow 
Rambler. My favorite color, favorite classic car. I've always loved the Rambler. And this one was just everything I always wanted in a classic car. It was pretty much yeah, made to order for you. Uh, and I was I was shocked that that is the car that you want. I mean, <laughs> most people would not pick a Rambler. I mean, everybody would go like a '57 Chevy or you know Mustang or something like. No, you you want a I Rambler. Love a Rambler. Yeah. I don't know. I just uh, they were a little bit more. I mean, they had that classic look. Like I mean, I wouldn't turn around, turn away a pink Cadillac like yeah. a la Elvis or anything. But I liked that they still had those. They had those crisp tail fins and kind of the the space age, those protruding like red lights, but they were a little bit more bulbous. Mm-hmm. And that's, I just love the shape of those cars and the headlights and the grill. And I liked this one even more because come to find out, he called it like a Frankenstein because it's actually a couple different kinds of Ramblers well, pieced together, right? Well, the, the framework and everything, the body mm-hmm. is a Rambler 6, but the front of the uh, car is actually an American? Uh, no, it's not an American. It's continental. Does that sound right? Maybe. I We've can't. got some. We found some great ads, and my dad's picked us some great Rambler ads, uh, fifty-nine Rambler ads at the flea markets during the holidays. Yeah. And we've got some downstairs. I'll have to go look at those. But it, it, there were there were two or three different models of Ramblers that are pieced together on this car. So that's what kind of makes it So unique. it's truly one of a kind. It is truly one of a kind. And I love the color. Like, it was bright yellow. So like a, a buttercream pale yellow is my all-time favorite color. And this one was just like... I can't believe it's it's that bright yellow. Yeah, and then we uh, needed some interior work, so we took yes. our uh, car to Kenny Mitch, and Kenny excellent did a work, fabulous oh. job on the inside. <laughs> We've got houndstooth, black, black and white, and white interior, mm. so it looks really good now. It looks really sharp. And he made like he when we went and picked it up, he noted like if you look in from the front window at the seats. The way we wanted the interior to kind of angle, it looks like a bow tie. Mm-hmm. So we were like, oh, that's kind of like Ricky's bow tie with the hound's tooth. And you see the bow tie as you're looking through the front window. But obviously, I'm Lucy. You're Ricky. So we needed an Ethel. So Ethel the Rambler. The Rambler is Ethel. Yes. And you're wanting to get a Fred. Which I, I was going to talk about Fred. I think we mentioned that before. But, so Teacup yeah. needs a friend. And I think that friend should be a mini horse named Fred. <laughs> yeah. I'm so yeah. one of these days, Fred's going to come into the picture. Well, we'll see. And we'll all go cruising around in the Rambler. With Fred in the backseat. Yeah, that's kind of a pipe dream. And a a trap, not a trap door, one of the back door. Well, we can all blame it on that Amazon commercial when um when we found yes. that song, Little Man. Yes. Little Man. We need to bring that back to mm. the set list, Sonny and Cher song. But the Amazon commercial featured that song, and there was like one of those flaps that you have for your cat or your dog to run through the back door, but it was a mini horse. My mm. life has changed ever since then. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that works. Or like maybe a goat? Could we do a goat? <laughs> You know, you don't, don't like know. to mow. We probably need some goats. Uh, you know, <laughs> we'll we'll think about it. We'll, I'll think about it. Okay, we better take a break. So. Okay. Oh gosh, we haven't done that. No. Okay. No. Um, so you want to tell them a little bit about the what what as far as they can 
tune in to as Yeah, as so we've got a couple questions. of ways that you can yeah. listen to us, but definitely make sure you are subscribed to our website. So we finally have an everything website that is our technicolorlife.com and that's where you can find everything about tea, travel, entertainment, music, art, lifestyle, and of course, that's where you're going to find our podcast. And if you are not subscribed to the website, please do. We have a monthly newsletter. I also post a couple of blog posts. And if you're looking for teas, that's where you can buy tickets to all of our tea events. So you definitely want to be on there. And we also have a master calendar so you can see what's coming up at any given time. And you can also send us a question. So our technicolorlife.com. We'll be back just a little bit. So, um, one thing that you have kind of pulled me into as you <laughs> just sometimes, one <laughs> sometimes do well, one of the things um, is a show yes. called Escape to the Chateau. Oh, I love it. I love and it so much. And if you are not familiar with this show, watch it. I have to. I have to admit, it's very entertaining. Well, at least from um, a man's point of view, because. Um, Dick, uh, Dick Strawbridge. Dick Strawbridge is an engineer and, well, tell, tell him, I guess tell him about the premise of this show. Yes. So it's this British couple, Dick and Angel Strawbridge, and honestly, she is the reason why I started the tea room. I fell in love with, she used to run a vintage tea company in London, and it was, it was vintage tea parties, and I have her vintage tea party books, and I remember when I first got them years and years ago that I was like, this is what I want to do. This is what led me to create the old Capital Tea Room and kind of formatted this vintage lifestyle that we lead and incorporate it into our tea parties. So they started to think about their forever home and they wanted to incorporate a business that they could do from their forever home. And they took a vacation, I believe, in France um, and started looking around and realized for the amount of money they had to spend, they actually could look at some, some chateaus. And these chateaus, I mean, obviously some of them are very run down and they needed the upkeep, but you could buy one. And if you were as creative as these two are, I mean, their way they have redone this home, or this, this chateau, this 45 room chateau is, insanely impressive so they found the chateau in uh france and this episode or this whole show it's like eight seasons of them restoring the chateau and they run a wedding and special events venue Venue. Mm -hmm. and it's fascinating and she's a vintage gal and he's this brilliant engineer that can make they both repurpose so they're both incredibly creative and it's fun to watch and it's fun because I roped you into it because I knew you would love to see the way they renovated some of the rooms and some of like the ingenious renovations that Dick did. So I, I roped you into that. And they have a couple of books out. You can watch the show. I believe it's on Peacock and it's called Escape to the Chateau. And they are going on tour. They are coming, to, coming the to the United States. Yeah. The closest they are coming to us would be Atlanta. And In I really want to know. Yeah, it's in March. Really, really, really. But it's it's a really fascinating show, um, and it's you know a man can enjoy it too because, like I said, Dick Strawbridge, he's he's got this very uh, creative mind, 
and some of the things that he has done in, with his chateau is just really amazing. And it had nothing before. When they started, they had no heat, no water. No electricity. No electricity. So, you know, he's had to wire everything. He's had to plumb it. Um, he's torn down wall after wall and rebuilt each room kind of individually. They started out um, not even living in it mm-hmm. because you couldn't live in it. But they've got like, what, six outbuildings, five or six yes. outbuildings. And they kind of remind me of us. So she's this vintage redhead gal that mm-hmm. is always being like, oh, Dick, I, I have a project. And he's always rolling his eyes like, <laughs> I don't know if I want to get into that. But at the end of the day, he kind of agrees to it. So it's like another kind of Lucy, Ricky team. And I think that's why I'm drawn to it. Well, because also I love all of the vintage things that she does. And I love seeing the aesthetic and all the different designs. So she's a designer and they host these different weddings and food lovers weekends. And oh, they, we didn't even talk about they have a moat. Yes, they have a moat around the <laughs> chateau. It's like a castle. I mean, it really is. I mean, it, it is. It's a 45 room castle yes. is what it is. And they paid uh, what? It was, it was equivalent to 300000 U.S. dollars is what they paid for it, which is very, very cheap considering Gosh. what you're getting. It's 12 acres. They got 12 acres. I think they've got four or five outbuildings on it. Just go Google Escape to the Chateau yeah, just, and yeah, you will lose Google your it. mind at how gorgeous this is. It's crazy what they have done with this I place. I love the, what they call the Pepper Pot Towers. Mm-hmm. Mm, it's just stunning. And uh, they, I mean, they he engineered... Uh, uh, the, the, what you, the thing, the elevator. <laughs> I couldn't think what it was called. <laughs> he, he, he was really struggling. You can't tell from the podcast. <laughs> he engineered this elevator. Yeah, they it's, have it's a like lift. a tube. It's like a tube. They have a lift that goes up one of the turrets for their guest and for his uh, mother, which you can imagine in a 45-room chateau, there are a lot of steps and they're gorgeous, but having a lift is a game changer. And it's vacuum powered. Yeah. It's powered. It's, it's amazing. I mean, it's just... So I go down that rabbit Go watch Escape to the Chateau. I know I've probably talked everybody's ear off that I've been hanging out with lately, but it's just, it's such a good show. And it's maybe it's part of their accents, and maybe that's why I like the Great British Bake Off so much. Yeah. But And they I seem think, like good people. I mean, they seem like really genuinely good people. I think we maybe we just need the European lifestyle. It's not as. Yeah, maybe that's it. Go crazy. So here we go. We're going to fund our, our move to Europe <laughs> and get Fred. So when we can have Fred running around the chateau and all of our outbuildings for Teacup and all of her friends and our goats and a couple more cats and. Hey, you f- you find me a chateau for that price, and we'll we'll move. Well, I could. We just have to do all the fixing, which is good because you are a good fixer-upper. Yeah, I mean, I've... and you remind me a lot of Dick. Yeah. You could you see stuff and you repurpose it, but you're also incredibly handy fixing things. Like you fixed our heater, our dryer. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I've designed two houses in my lifetime. So just designed and, as a chateau. And uh, did a lot of the construction work. I did all the uh, the electric, uh, some of the plumbing, did a little bit of the drywall. I just don't like mudding drywall. That's what it is. See, and that looks fun to me. So no, we could we could try both. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the, it's, a, it's a show that I was kind of amazed that I've been drawn into and really, really enjoy. It's a show that you kept saying, eh, I don't know. And then I kept making you watch it. And now you yeah. love it, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I got to admit, it's pretty good. <laughs> so Escape to the Chateau with Dick and Angel Strawbridge. And they are 
I think they left today. They are going so. on their U.S. tour. They're going to L.A. first. Mm-hmm. And you can follow them, of course, on social media and, of course, watch the show. But they do have several books that you can order wherever you get your books um, and on Amazon. And they as well have a podcast. Mm-hmm. They do. It's so. called Escape to the Chateau. Chat. Chat. Oh. Chateau. <laughs> So, yeah, that, anyway, we just thought we'd tell you about that because it's kind of cool. Something you may not be familiar with, and you should check it out. It is well worth the watch, my friends. Oh, and we didn't even say they also uh, redid a camper that they call Miss Daisy. Mm-hmm. They also have these really great geometric domes that they created so they could have glamping. Mm-hmm. Another gal that understands glamping, and it's so fun to see her explain to Dick, who is a retired uh army colonel plus engineer Engineer. and he was like this isn't this is not what we do camping and actually the age difference is almost the same too it's almost the same as us which is just fascinating so he's and he tells the audience he's like i'm kind of the old curmudgeon and he's talking to her about these aren't why are they going to need this fire (laughs) stove (laughs) in this glamping thing and a refrigerator and a hot tub and all this stuff and she's like well it's glamping you have to it's a glamping experience. <laughs> anyway, they're just a hoot. So highly encourage you to watch that. And I'm hoping to report back here in a couple of weeks that we have gone and seen them in Atlanta. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how we're going to work that in our schedule. We'll see. Well, I'm going to figure it out. So let's take a quick little break and then we all come back and answer some of your questions. back um we've got some questions i know um so we'll, we'll tackle those i know one of the things that the, someone asked about was again your your uh, love of fashion and clothes yes. and that type of thing and hats you you are a hat person i love my hats and um, we are uh, we're really getting close to derby time now i think we're under the 80 day mark already so i've been making a lot of derby hats a lot of derby fascinators and one of the things that occurred to me was i was making these hats and then i i definitely need to clean out some closets and i've got a lot of jewelry and purses and accessories that I was like, wait a minute, why don't I pair all of these together? Because one of my favorite things to do is put the whole outfit together. And seeing as how I have to fund a chateau, um, <laughs> I, I actually need to fund a lot for the chateau. So I thought, let's let's do a little spring cleaning and also make some money. So I've been putting together, you can buy the whole outfit, which I started to do um, last week. And I think that's my new thing because I had posted these hats. Uh, I belong to a couple of different hat making groups and a couple of different like derby hat making groups. And I had posted my hats on there and they'd gotten a little bit of traction, but nobody was really jumping on them to buy them right away. And I thought, okay, well, let's try this from a different angle. Let's try a couple different pictures. And then I thought, wait a minute, let me just put the whole look together. And I thought, well, at this point, let's just try something. Let's see what happens. So I put a whole outfit together and I posted it and I said, you can buy the whole outfit. And it was the fascinator, the dress. Uh, I had earrings, a necklace, bracelet, and a whole purse. Lady snapped it up within about five minutes. I thought, oh, 
Okay. On, maybe you're onto something. Maybe this is what I would like to do. So I'm, I've got some spring cleaning in the works, and I've got several hats uh, and several jewelry items all paired up. And next, I just need to take some time and get them all photographed. But if you are in the market um, for some new clothes, I've got a closet full that probably needs to be pared down. And if you would like to add a hat and jewelry and (laughs) a purse to the mix, be on the lookout. I've been posting those on my Instagram and on my Carrie's Closet Facebook page and also my personal Facebook page. So if you are into fashion and want to revamp, please Please visit my selections. Okay. And again, where, where can they... Uh, so you can find it on my personal Facebook page, If okay. We're Friends, which a lot of a lot of you listening probably are. But I also have a fashion Facebook page called Carrie's Closet. Mm-hmm. And my Instagram is Carrie Cook Ketterman Art. So I am on all of those. And I will post all kinds of different... I'm telling you, I've got some crazy stuff. That's, a, that's another thing people have always asked. Like, I want to see inside your closet. It is... It's a lot. Yeah, we should do. We should do like a video thing with you, just kind of taking people through your closets. Yeah, that's not I mean, just one. Yeah, <laughs> it's so, a whole room, and for in one several, case, several rooms there. Yeah, but that's right. that's a good one. That leads us to um, one of our questions from Tony from Maryland. Hey, Tony. He, He said, as I listened to your podcast talking about the clothes you found on your trip to Nashville, I happened to think, how many of the items do you wind up having to have tailored? And do you do that yourself or use a local tailor? Excellent question, Tony. We're primarily a lookout for clothes that will fit us. Mm -hmm. So um, and because of that, I mean, we we have to be very selective. I know, I know in your case... I always bring my tape measure, and yeah. I know my measurements, and I I can kind of tell, for the most part, when I when I just look at an outfit, if it'll fit or not. Like, right. you know, like some of the Empire waist and things like that, I have a... Oh, you're very tall. Yes, so I have to look at, like, where the waistline... I'm very picky about where the waistline hits, but for the most part, I don't think I've ever had to have something really tailored i know with vintage you're always going to have a couple of little like a hemline or a seam that needs to be tacked here and there and both of us are really good about doing that but i don't think can't think of a single vintage piece that i have like bought knowing i have to have this severely altered in some way and i think that's why we we buy what we buy because Mm -hmm. we we know it's ready to go yeah we know we really need to buy stuff that will fit us and you know i was thinking about that today you know we Neither one of us have changed much as far as um, our, our stature. I mean, since, <laughs> since we've known each other. I'm trying not to go sideways, I'm, so I'm that's say, good. <laughs> we, we, both, we both remain about the same. So we can still wear clothes that we bought, you know, 12, 15 years ago. Oh, I still wear, I still got some of my goodies from high school and oh, college I do too. that I can't I, I, yeah. get rid of. Yeah. They're not nearly anything remotely to my style, but and that's I'm a clothes horse. Oh, I've got some jeans that are 30 years old. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Are you scratching the number off the back of that Seinfeld? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I've always been about the same size. But I will say, you know what? The, who does any of the sewing in our house? You do? I do. You are very good at tailoring. Now, I will say you have tailored some of my my new made-to-look vintage clothes, mm-hmm. like my yes. wide-leg, high-waisted pants from Unique. They fit lengthwise, but they're big in the waist, and you've mm-hmm. been able to totally put revamp some those. In. Yeah, put some darts in and stuff like that. Hey, so. and you helped make my, oh, now I'm forgetting. I called it a waist cape. What it, It's called like a, a waist shelf. 
last year for my Derby. Oaks outfit. Oh, Oaks, yeah, okay. And they were really popular. Oh, it's a theme. They were really popular in France. Mm-hmm. And I think even back, maybe in the 60s, because it's kind of like that dress that you got me for Christmas. It's, again, I think a waist cape makes sense. It's like a, a cape that you fasten around your waist over top of another dress and it's just a really fun layer and it's an underrated accessory and i really love a good waist cape i will be honest i've seen a lot more of those lately like unique vintage is putting out some of those i just love them well and my favorite one when i ever my first ever saw this concept was the audrey hepburn sabrina Mm -hmm. when she wears that dress off the shoulder with yards of skirt i loved that dress and she's got that black and white dress and that it's like a whole waist caboose that comes off and the dress still looks stunning either way but i just thought that's a great way to do an outfit yeah so and i have had a couple of dresses tailored for you yes you've had some made for me yeah i actually had them made for you with you know your measurements and everything so in fact the one i got for uh christmas my grace kelly is a grace kelly dress from it takes a thief to catch a thief. Oh, to catch a thief. I'm sorry. <laughs> Takes a thief is the thief. bootleg. <laughs> I don't that, think Harry Grant's in that uh, one. Isn't that a TV show? I think it Takes a Thief is a TV show back in the <laughs> 70s. I think it was. Anyway. <laughs> but anyway, so yes, thank you, Tony, for the question. And primarily when we buy vintage, we make sure it fits. Mm-hmm. Ready to wear. Yeah. Just like I like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so our next question is from Dan from Santa Barbara, California. And he says... J and C, you guys are so talented and great performers. I may have seen Jeff as Conrad Birdie in the day. For each of you, what was your favorite role in a musical and what role have you always wanted to play but haven't yet? Keep bringing the sunshine. Oh, thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, Dan's <laughs> out there on the West Coast and he's living life large. So good to, good to hear from you, Dan. Um, wow. Uh, That's yes. a good question. I, I did. Uh, I was Conrad Birdie back in high school. And I still wear your jumpsuit. So there's another piece of vintage that we're just keeping on going. I, I've got since <laughs> I've had since high school. And your mom made that, right? My mom made the jumpsuit, my Elvis-like jumpsuit that Conrad Birdie wore in that uh, production. And that's now the jumpsuit that I wear when we do our Elvis events. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So <laughs> we... Uh, <laughs> Ah, gosh, I don't know how many shows. I, I think we figured at one time we've done 24, 25 together. Oh, golly, yeah. Um, but then we had, of course, did shows apart from each other that we mm-hmm. weren't uh, together in. Um, but What was your favorite role uh, in a musical? I don't know. I mean, my it's really hard to say because I really like King Arthur and Spam mm-hmm. a lot. But I, I like that entire production. I just I had so much fun doing Spam a lot, and that was a Mind's Eye theater show that we did back. Okay. Oh, I thought you meant when we first did Camelot. No, no. So Spam a lot. Yes. No, Spam a lot, uh, which we did. I don't know six, seven years ago. But anyway, um, that was but, a great show. Oh, it was just so much fun. I just I had so much fun doing that show. Uh, the, I thought you would say Adams from 1776. John Adams, 1776, is another favorite of mine. Um, boy, I don't know so many. Um, well, King Arthur from Camelot. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that was a, a great role that I really enjoyed. Paul from Barefoot in the Park. Paul, yes. <laughs> Uh, Don Quixote yeah. uh, Cervantes. Man of La Mancha. From Man of La Mancha. I love that show. I wouldn't mind doing that one again. Oh my gosh. One of my favorite musicals. 
And the music I is so pretty. Really, really enjoyed that one. Golly, I don't know. I don't think I can pick. I don't think I can. Do you have a favorite? I mean, I don't think I pick. I mean, I, I think I could just say. We talked about it last time, but Grey Gardens. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah. I never, ever, ever thought I would get a chance to, let alone audition for that little, and then just get to be in it. I don't know. That was one of my favorite experiences. But it, again, oh, I, I'm also a sucker for the traditional ones. Like I love, I love Music Man. You know, Music Man's definitely one of mm, our favorites just yeah. because of the history of that. Right, right. Um, I also loved Avenue Q. <laughs> Avenue Q was fun. And then one that we were telling our friends about this past week in Element OP, not many people know that one, but that was one of my favorite. Well, that's not a musical, but it was a great, it was a drama comedy. Comedy, a dramedy, yeah. And that was when I got to direct. So that was mm-hmm. my my first show I got to direct in theater, which I, I really loved what we did with that show. I mean, I just I thought we had the great we had some great Perfect actors, cast. actresses. Yes, the set came set together, and the set yeah. is like another character of the show. So they are in this insane beach house in the Hamptons, and we were able to pull off this whole look in a black box theater, mm. and it was just. It all worked. The lighting was perfect. Just all of the pieces and all the people kind of came together for that really unique experience. And I also loved, um, I had one more, and this this was another straight play, which I can't believe I'm saying that because I do love my musicals, but Wait Until Dark. Oh, yeah, that was fun. That was yeah. one of my favorite movies, and it was so challenging because if you're not familiar with, and watch the movie with Audrey Hepburn, she's blind. And it's a thriller. And I thought that was so much fun. And you were the villain. You were the creepy bad guy <laughs> played by Alan Arkin in the movie. Yeah, that was fun. And we got to have like a showdown at the end of it every night when you're essentially terrorizing me. <laughs> and, and, you, and you killed me every night <laughs> during that show. So, nice. But then I kissed you backstage as I pretended to kill you. So it was yeah, fine. <laughs> But yeah, so many great shows, so many great roles that we've had. It's it's hard for me to pick. And I can't think, is there a role that you haven't? That's what I was just going to ask you. Is there a role that you have yet to play? I still, I know you've done the show twice now. Another musical that we both love is The Drowsy Chaperone. And I've never been able to be in it because I always had something conflicting at the same time that you were in it. Mm-hmm. I would like to be in The Drowsy Chaperone one of these days. Um Jesus Christ Superstar is another one that you were in. Yeah, uh, but we weren't in it together. Together, right. I, I, lo- I would do I was, Jesus Christ Superstar yeah. again in a heartbeat. That's another one with... I was with, pilot. With, yeah. But but not in the same production. No. Yeah. I would do that one again easily. If there's good music and it's like a classic one like that, I mean, I could do that one over and over again. And same with 1776, which is odd for me to say because there's only two girl roles in it. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I had one song, but I loved that song, and I just loved the history, and I loved every single number. I would stand in the hallway um, outside of the black box. There was a like um, a TV where you could kind of watch the production if you were standing out in the hallway, and I watched it every night and never got sick of it. Yeah, it's just great music. So much, so much great theater that we've uh, we've done. I doubt if I. I don't know. I think I'm done. I think I'm done with theater as far as doing that type of show, that kind of big production. You uh, Well, and that's one thing that we, once you start doing it and it kind of feels odd to stop, like 
it's kind of a joke with the local theater community. It's like you keep doing a show and you immediately have the next one lined up. You kind of like get in this mindset of like, I have to be doing a show. I have to be doing a show. Right. I want to do the next show. Like you just kind of keep spinning your wheels. And for a long time, that was us. I mean, for years and years and years. And then we kind of stepped back and started doing the tea room and started playing music. And you don't realize how much time you devote. And it was great. Don't get me wrong. It was absolutely great. And we met so many friends and we did so many wonderful productions, but you step back for a minute and it's like, wow. I mean, those rehearsals were three, four times a week, Mm -hmm. you know, three hours each. Uh, And then of course you've got your performances and it was like, once we started to travel in the camper, it's like, well, hold on. <laughs> yeah. There's other things we want to do. For you people that go out and attend uh, theater shows, keep that in mind. These people put in so much work. For free, For by free. the way. Yeah, they're, they're not getting paid. So if you, well, at least the community theater yes. shows. Uh, but if you do, you know, go and see a community theater show, keep that in mind. Because these people it's work so hard. It's a lot of hard work and many, many, many hours behind the scenes. And for the most part, all these local theater companies, they do everything. Like we were building sets in our garage. Our very first rehearsal when we started the initial concept of Mind Sign, we did Spam a lot. We were having dance rehearsals in our garage and in the uh, kitchen, (laughs) sewing costumes in the dining room. So it was a... It was a great experience. I'm so glad we have all those memories. But yeah. I, I can't think of it takes it takes a village it, to do to, to pull a couple off of a, villages to pull off a theater. But I'm gonna have show. to be thinking about that. I mean, there's a couple more bucket list <clears throat> shows out there, but I don't yeah. know. I, I, I can't think of anything really that I haven't done. I think I've done everything I wanted to do. So okay, except for buy a chateau and get a mini horse. Okay, oh, yeah. thank you. Okay. <laughs> it's well. out there into the cosmos, and <laughs> we'll see. Maybe one of these episodes um, down the road will be from our chateau. Well, our next uh, podcast, <laughs> we can report on how your show went. Yes. So we can we can talk about that next time. So. <laughs> All right. So thank you guys for tuning in. If you got a question, and let yes, us know. Send us in your questions and we would love to answer them. Absolutely. Until the next time. Yeah. Bye guys. Au